on your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 15th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, we preview the West Australian Women's Football League Grand Final. We recap the women's division of the AFL Europe Championships and by request, a repeat of the Moana Hope interview that was conducted on Sunday during our Match of the Day broadcast. All that coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 15th edition of the girlsplayingfooty.com podcast, our 49th episode overall. That means the next one's number 50. The question is, is anyone going to make us a banner? <laughs> I don't think that's likely. Uh, as we said, we've got the WAWFL Grand Final we're looking at. Uh, we'll be catching up with Lauren Spark uh, to talk about the AFL Europe Women's Championships. Great Britain winning that. Our interview with her coming up in a moment's time. And, of course, a repeat of our Moana Hope interview that was done straight after the St Kilda Sharks versus uh, Seaford match in which she kicked her 100th goal, the first Victorian woman to kick 100 goals in a season. Now, of course, as we do this podcast, the squads of 23 uh, for the Western Bulldogs and Melbourne have been put out there. A couple of notable uh, omissions, uh, some through obvious injuries, being Kiara Bowers, Renee Forth and Jessica Trend, who uh, unfortunately have all done their um, ACLs. Uh, Meg Hutchins has decided to withdraw from selection. Uh, obviously, she's just come back from injury herself and only played the one game before the Devils' uh, finals campaign in the VFL. She's just obviously taking precautions there. Um, and also a couple of surprises as well. All of those are listed on the AFL website. But anyway, it's time to get into our WAWFL Grand Final Preview. It is East Fremantle versus Swan Districts. It's a surprise because it's been quite a while since, well, the Coastal Titans have been featured in the Grand Final. They went out in straight sets. They were beaten in the uh, major semi-final by Swan Districts, their arch rival. They came up against East Fremantle, the, well, expected favourites to win, but East Fremantle turned the tables on them and got over the line by 27 points. And I've got on the line the co-captain of the East Fremantle Sharks in Joe Beachy. Joe, congratulations on the victory. Um, How are you feeling uh, knocking off the reigning premiers? Yeah, obviously we were very excited to um, to get the win there and get our chance at playing the grand final this weekend. Before heading into that game, how was the form for the side heading into the finals? I know you had a very big win over uh, South Fremantle in the uh, first semi-final. Was there a lot of confidence heading into this campaign? Yeah, that's right. We had um, we had a really good, strong second half of the first final against South Frio, so we knew we had some good form heading into the weekend. And um, yeah, we were able to play a really good team game, I guess, and um, yeah, play really well once again. And I'm interested to know, what was the psychology going into the game against uh, um, the Coastal Titans? Not only just on the day, but leading during the week, because it can be very easy that you're coming up against a side that, um, you know, it's handed you a few beatings in the past. What what was the mindset to try and keep positive to say, this is possible to knock them off? Coming off um, the game before, where we um, had a really good win over South, and uh, yeah, the feeling amongst the group was that um, really positive and just a strong belief that... Um, yeah, we have what it takes to, if we if we play well, then um, we've got what it takes to beat any side. You're coming up against Swan Districts in the grand final on Sunday. I guess the good thing is throughout the season, you have at least beaten them once, so you know it is possible. And uh, I guess coming off the back of the Coastal Titans win, you're certainly coming in with red-hot form. Yeah, that's right. The girls, um, yeah, we have that advantage, I guess, as well, of knowing that we have beaten them. Um, as you know, grand finals are a different 
sort of thing as well. But, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the contest. We know it'll be a tough game. But, um, yeah, looking forward to getting out there on Sunday. They're a star-studded team, the uh, Swan District side, led by their captain and Cara Allen, who's now a Fremantle marquee player. Uh, in, in your mind, uh, who are some of the other players you've got to stop from Swan Districts if you're to bring them to a grinding halt and get over them and get the cup? I guess our game plan's a bit more focusing on our our plan and not so much about um, you know who we have to stop. We just focus on our plan and what we want to do. Um, Obviously, we know, like you said, they've got some very good key players, but, um, yeah, our focus will be on what we need to do in our team and not so much on what, who they've got or who they haven't got in the team. In your mind, who's been starring for the last few weeks uh, for the East Fremantle Sharks? I mean, I saw, uh, obviously, in the first semi-final, uh, Wusha, Jessica Wuchner, uh getting five goals on the board. But, of course, you've got some quality talent in there, uh, including the likes of Emma Swanson, Brianna Green and Melissa Caulfield. Yeah, that's right. They all polled um, very well last night in the uh, league best and fairest. So three, the three of them polled in the top ten um, in the vote. So, yeah, definitely key players for our team. And, um, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, like I said, Wusha's come back. Um, she had a few games away over, well, she had yeah, some time off over east. So it's um, had her back in which to kick a few goals, which has been good. Um, but, yeah, I guess we're um, pretty... Pretty confident with a, a team, you know, 24 solid players will go into the, the game on Sunday. Um, and like I said before, I guess, looking for a fairly team performance rather than focusing too much on individuals. Of course, last year the Coastal Tides and Swan Districts were the runaway side uh, and were easily going to play off in the grand final. What's been the difference this year for East Fremantle? What's kicked you up another gear and what's taken your game that step further? I guess we had a, a good pre-season um, you know, we've been able to um, include Emma Swanson in the squad this year. Um, obviously, she's come over from Peel, which has been very handy and um, both on the field but um, leading off the field as well obviously, as co-captain. So um, having her on board you know, has been really good. as another leader around the club. Um, yeah, I think just being able to string a few games together in a really you know, good form and um, just each week, chipping away at something new to kind of keep developing the skills and the team. And, um, yeah, I guess it's all coming together at the right end of the season for us. And, of course, we mentioned earlier about some of the star players, but in your mind, who are some of the newer, younger players that are coming through that are really stepping up uh, for, for East from Andal? Um, We've got Gabby O'Sullivan, who's um, coming to the team um, basketball background, so she's been providing a little bit extra for us, which has um, been really good. Um and we've got Ruby that's stepped up into the ruck um, at times as well lately. Um, he's been doing a really good job. So, yeah, I guess there are a couple of, of the younger girls that are stepping up as well, which is good to see. And for yourself, Joe, before we let you go, some players have pre-game superstitions or routines that they like to do. What about you? What, what mindset do you like to be in before you prepare particularly for this grand final? Yeah, I'm not too big on the superstitions, but uh, definitely getting a good night's sleep and, um, yeah, just good preparation during the week and get a couple of good training sessions in and and uh, we'll be ready to go. And we thank Jo very much for her time and wish her and the East Fremantle Sharks a very good game on Sunday. 
Their competitors will be the Swan District's women's football team. And they are led by Fremantle marquee player Cara Denallen. But everyone, of course, knows her as Juddy. Juddy, thank you very much for joining us here on the GirlsBlayFooty.com podcast. I have to ask you, is finals fever in the air for you? Do you sense the anticipation of this grand final? Yeah, it's obviously, um, you know, been a week and a, and a little bit since we last played our last game against the Coastal Titans. So it's been nice to recover and um, rest the body for a week or so, but I'm re- really ready to get into training this week and um, hit Sunday um, with the ground running. What was the expectations going into the semi-final about a week and a half ago where, of course, you and the Titans have a long history? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've, we've played each other, um, you know, at a pretty high stand for the for the past three or four years. So we always knew it was going to be a really tough match um, and I think vice versa from the Coastal Titans' opinion too. So, um, you know, we just held our structures, kept digging away, plugging away and trying to win the ball and um, obviously really upsetting with the two major injuries in the game. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a... It wasn't a fantastic feeling. There was a bit of mixed emotions after the game, but obviously happy to get the win and uh, have the weekend off. And uh, just quickly on that, uh, for, for the Swan District girls in the rooms afterwards, is there, is there a bit of sweet feeling to that victory, knowing you've won, but obviously two star marquee players going down? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as I said, you know, it's always fantastic to get a win and get the week weekend off and um, know that you're straight through to the to a grand final. But, you know, two major injuries to two marquee players is, um, you know, devastating. And you always want to play the best side um, that you, the opposition can put onto the field. So, um, yeah, really heartbreaking and yeah, devastated for those two girls. Um but, you know, again, we got the win, so at the end of the day, we're just focused on now playing um, our opponents in East Frio. And, of course, uh, when, when you had the week off, no one would have blamed you for preparing to front the Coastal Titans again because they'd played so many grand finals in a row. So when the news had come through that East Frio had won, was it almost like a switch of thinking of how you're preparing for this Sunday? Oh, not necessarily. I mean, um, you know, we trained last week, obviously not knowing who we were going to be playing um, in the grand final. And we'll just worry about our game plan, our structures and things that we need to do to win the football match, no matter who we play. So um, I went to the game on the weekend and, um, you know, you could you could see East Freo up and about and they had nothing to lose. And that's how they played. And, um, you know, rightly so, they were the winners on the day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're just excited. You know, I get excited any time I get to on the black and white jumper for Swannies. So to play in a grand final um, against any opposition is obviously very exciting. So, yeah, just really rearing to go for Sunday. Uh, having a look at the card, you've had the advantage 2-1 against East Fremantle. So for that one loss that you have had against them, what have you identified out of that loss that you needed to improve on to make sure you still got the wood on them? Yeah, I mean, that game, um, I mean, you can never, you can never, I suppose, make excuses. We had a few play, major players out, um, which will be coming back this week, which we're pretty excited about. But, you know, um, we just, I think, got a little bit too complacent when we played them that last time. And, um, you know, to all their credit, they, they played a really strong second half of footy and ran over the top of us. So... Um, we've been working really strong on our uh, being able to play four quarters and our four quarter effort from um, you know each and every girl that that gets to play. So I think just our consistent footy over that four quarters um, and being able to I suppose yeah run out a game and our fitness levels and stuff. So we've been working pretty hard on that over the past four, five, six weeks. So we're we feel like we're pretty prepared um, 
you know, for whatever's thrown at us on Sunday. Plenty of quality players in your side as well, just looking at the semi-finals squad, including Susan Chout, who was uh, very impressive for the Eagles against the Dockers in that WA Derby match. Uh, obviously, Renee Lug in there, the Eagles, and uh, we can't forget Ebony Antonio. Yeah, we've got a pretty strong list, and... Um Again, we've been pretty lucky. Um, you know, those developing players have really come about uh, this this season. We've obviously, unfortunately, lost Kirby Bentley at the start of the season, who didn't even play one match to a knee injury. Um, you know, having Chelsea Randall only fly down for a couple of games here and there to qualify um, is obviously pretty tough. And um, also, we've we've had another two two knee reconstructions as well with um, some you know some key players that. That would you know slip slip in and slot into our starting 18. So you know those younger players have had to step up and fill those voids, which they have done um, superbly. And you know we have really confident, we have a lot of confidence in um, each and every player um, that will pull on that jumper on the weekend and they'll get the job done. And um, we've worked really hard as a as a group to to ensure that everyone um, you know plays their role for the team. And um, ultimately, that's how we win the football match. Uh, pardon the pun, but is the grand final possibly a swan song for Chelsea Randall? Will she play one more game before basing herself in Adelaide? Yeah, I mean, I think Chelsea will head over, um, you know, in September, um, I believe, um, to, a, to a new state. So I have no doubt she'll be up and about on Sunday. And again, she only plays a handful of games each year for the club. And every single time, you know, that she... She gets to run out with the Swannies girls. She she brings something else to the team, and um, I'm very excited. I love playing alongside her, and I'm really excited to see what she can bring on the weekend. Just that X factor all over the ground, and knowing you know that you'll get 150% effort from her every single time will be is what you count on. So I'm sure, yeah, Chelsea knowing that she's obviously heading um, over to Adelaide very soon will um, leave nothing out on the field. On Sunday, and no doubt you would have cast an eye over the East Fremantle side. Uh, for you, who are the concerns that you need to shut down to make sure that you've got the game in control? Um, oh, they've got a, a number of key players. Obviously, um, you know some some drafted players, some state players, and and obviously a marquee player that you know we we obviously need to watch. But um, I think the the one that's that really stands out for me will be Mel Caulfield. Her, she's obviously coming back from a couple of. Um, major injuries over the and setbacks over the last couple of years so um to nullify her and her run and speed um and, and her goal kicking ability i suppose um will be important for us but again we're just really um excited to you know to kit up on sunday and um no matter who who plays on who um you know we're just we're really confident and believe in the squad that we've got um we can get the job done and bring home that cup on sunday and finally, before we let you go, Juddy, we asked Joe Beachy, the co-captain of East Fremantle, the same question. For you, any pre-match superstitions, anything that you need to do as a routine before you head out there to play that grand final? Um, oh, not too much. I've been asked this question a few times, actually. Not Nothing, really. I mean, I just go through my set routine, get up and um, go out for breakfast, get a coffee, and um, try not to think too much about the game, you know, just... Stick to routine, hang out with friends and family. Um, my mum and little brother are flying over from Melbourne, um, so they arrive on Friday. So um, no doubt we'll just, you know, probably go and have a kick up the park with the little brother and um, keep it pretty low-key. But um, I won't change routine um, for the grand final, keep everything, um, you know, as per normal, um, as a normal game. And we thank Juddy very much for her time and wish her and the Swan Districts a very good game in the WAWFL grand final.
Now, just over last weekend was the AFL European Championships, uh, sides of men and women uh, playing across the week at Montsport Park in London. For the women, because it was just three sides, they played a three-day tournament. The three teams, the European Crusaders, Irish Banshees and Great Britain Swans, played each other twice. And then there was the grand final, a low-scoring affair, where the Great Britain Swans won by a goal over the Irish Banshees. There was an Aussie involved in the coaching crew, the former Western Bull Dogs Ruck Woman and from Melbourne University as well, Lauren Sparks. She was assistant coach of the Great Britain Swans. We've got her on the line. Lauren, thanks for joining us again on the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast and congratulations on the win for the Great Britain Swans over the Irish Banshees. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for that. It's um it's been a it's been a long week. Um my voice is slowly starting to come back, so it's uh sounding a bit raspy at the moment. But yeah, no, it's a big week full of um Lots of great football and um, lots of learning as well. So, no, it was good. Was well, it nervous times for the Great Britain Swans? Because excluding the, the nine that went across for the uh, for the uh, Champions League match uh, earlier in the year, this is the first time that we're playing together as a full 18-team, 18 18-a-side match and I think 25-player squad. Was there nervous times? To, as, is this their debut match? Yeah, absolutely. We um, we obviously had a couple of trial, um, trial meet-ups where we didn't get the full squad together in both both times we had one down um, in Birmingham and then one up in um, in Scotland so we weren't able to actually get everyone in the one place and, and do anything in terms of um, structures and, and gameplay and stuff like that so it was it was it was interesting to kind of put a group of girls together that um, a hadn't really played much football b didn't really know much about each other so um, no but it, it was worked out perfectly in the end with in terms of um, Dialing together and coming together, we all stayed together in central London and um, really helped with the with the team bonding as well. So, um, no, it, it did all come together in the end, though. Uh, considering that the round robin matches were very short format, there were only like two halves of sixteen minutes each. What was the coaching philosophy going into a game like that? Because it's so, because the time's so short, is it just all out attack? Always our intention was to get a good start. Um, unfortunately, we didn't quite pull that off, but. Um, came home strong in in the second half. Um, we got a, a fit bunch of girls, which um, they were able to run out both games um, at the end as well. So it is different um, in terms of structurally. Um, is yeah, shorter games. Uh, a lot of the girls are used to the shorter time, but not the the size of the ground. A lot of the girls have got AFL nine backgrounds, so. Um, in a side comp for them is, is something that they're not used to either. So I was just managing that as well. And um, a lot of girls got different different jobs, different roles. Um, so it was just a lot of exper- like experimenting um, leading up to uh, future comps and, and obviously um, International Cup next year. And how did you manage the sides considering you, you, uh, I think you had one or two maybe back-to-back games in there because you'd played Ireland and then either the next game or the game straight after uh, that afternoon you'd had to right. back up against the European Crusaders. Yeah, no, um, it was good. It just kind of depended on... We wanted to play around with the different positions, um, which girls we had available, um, which girls were, were fit. We carried a few injuries around, uh, a few niggles here and there, so we just managed a couple of girls put their hand up to to sort of step aside and or change change up roles. So, um, no, it was really easy in that, in that sense, though. Of course, you've been there for the second season now. You started with the Wimbledon Hawks last year. How much has the skill of the British-born players come along in that period of essentially 12 to 18 months? Yeah, no, it's um, 
the whole women's league in, in general um, right across Europe, but in particular in London, um, from that point of view, the numbers of girls that are joining, the, the people coming over to help out, <clears throat> the expats that are helping to coach as well. And it's definitely grown. We had the Irish coach come across after the um, after the grand final win and, and just talk about how we, how we met uh, most of our girls maybe two years ago and how, how much further the skills have come along and the knowledge of the game. And it is just basically getting involved more and the more games you play and the more um, you see it, the, the easier it will become. It's, it's obviously not something that they've grown up with or, or kicking a football around at school it's not it's not natural for them so the more and more it's seen the more and more they, they get their hands on the football um, the better it becomes so another 12 months from now um, I can't wait to see what, what it's going to be like uh, down in Melbourne I'm keen to ask you about a few players that names have just kept appearing in the best on grounds first of all the Salters uh, Alex and Danny Salter <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, two two gems of of players. Um, yeah, both girls from Nottingham. Um, just really, really reliable down um, down back, and then we ran Danny through the wing and into the forward line. And um, yeah, both girls super super fast. Uh, they've got a, a football a soccer background. Um, so yeah, ball skills come naturally to them, but just um, so reliable. And and Alex down back. Just we played her loose in the final and just chopping off all the balls that were coming in and running them hard out of the defence was, was what we asked of her and she did that. She did that to a T. So, um, yeah, both great players, those two. I see Chloe Hall also got named among the best. Yeah, yeah, she did. Chloe Hall's um, a young... We actually... Um, she was a, a vice-captain for us as well in the team. She's only young girls just started playing um, not that long ago either and... She's um yeah she's pretty dependable actually and uh, so we we let her kind of just sit in the middle of the ground and and play both ends of it and yeah she she did carry a slight injury around with her um, hamstring so hopefully she's she's doing okay with that but um no it's again she was able to come down to London this year and get a few games in with the um, Southeast London Giants and. Her, her games come along um, in terms of leadership and skills-wise has, has just come full full steam. Lee Cobblem also getting amongst the best? Yeah, Lee. Um, we, so Lee, again, um, had been running around with the London um, North London Lions and had a bit of an injury towards the back end of the season, so unfortunately wasn't able to play in the, the grand final in the London comp, but um, kept herself right for this for this tournament and just played outstanding um, all week but in particular the grand final she was we the game went out to four 15 minute quarters so um, a bit longer game but she she ran the ruck pretty much that that whole game and by the end was still still competing still out jumping their ruck who was um, quite a significant bit taller so um, a couple of strong marks around the ground too and, and kicks into into the forward line so she was um, she was great for us in the middle there. Now, of course, we've seen the reports from the first two days. We haven't actually seen the report yet from the grand final. So in your mind, who stood out and who helped get you over the line to uh, win a thrilling premiership over the Irish? Yeah, look, it was um, it was pretty tough conditions, pretty pretty windy. So it was a, a massive advantage to one end of the ground. And um, I think personally our, our defence was, was amazing when we were under the pump and um, a heap of pressure down back. We we had the likes of um, and again another girl has not played much. Um, Lou Smith, uh, Dexter we call her. She st- took a, a really strong mark deep in the in forward line. Um, Freya 
points as well. Um, she and again a couple of solid marks down back late in the late in the game and um, really helped us out with kind of stop stopping that pressure and and the mids as as always our reliable um, captain uh, Laura Turner uh, and Rania Ramadan. She um, both those girls uh, again just lots and lots of pressure around the ball kept a stoppage after stoppage so we could kind of reset and and go again with with the tough conditions so um yeah so we did end up coming away with the win in the end so that was good and we should point out that even though it was a fairly new Irish side they had plenty of turnover players I think they retained five from their previous campaigns and brought in a lot of new players we're talking about a country that uh, won the women's division in 2011 at the International Cup were runners-up to Canada in 2014 so how much does this mean to the British women to beat the Irish to I guess know a month at least pardon me, a year out from the International Cup in Melbourne that they can certainly mix it with the best yeah look we were we were pretty excited. We had a couple of boys actually come and speak to us before beforehand, and they've obviously done this a lot more. It's the first year of the, the Great Britain Swans, but the Bulldogs boys have have been around and they've felt the pain of the Irish um, for the last few years as well. And um, yeah, and we knew their background and, and their skills and the, and the Gaelic that they've Gaelic background they've got. We knew they'd um, they'd be tough and they were and they were strong. Um, but yeah, our, our girls were were so pumped to be obviously um, up against them a and then t- to make the final against them and then be to come away with the win was um, yeah we were pretty stoked and and the boys as well came away with a win against the Irish so um, yeah it was a great weekend for, for both uh, Great Britain teams. That is fantastic to hear. There was an all-round uh, successful carnival at the AFL European Championships. Uh, we know, obviously, that the uh, Women's League is coming up uh, next year in Australia in 2017. From the girls that you've seen, would you recommend to any of them to make the trip across to Australia and to try their hand, even if not 2017, at least playing, I guess, a year of State League and maybe putting the hand up for 2018? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's definitely potential here. The skills is, uh, as, like I've said, is is growing dramatically, and um, yeah, more they can get involved. And 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 obviously back home, there's there's a heap of divisions going on in in all states. And um, yeah, I would highly recommend anyone coming back. I've, I've obviously tried to read the word as much possible. If if they we, we've got a great culture up over here, and they are loving their AFL. So. Um, by all means, I'm, I'm wishing for everyone that, that wants to and, and thinks that they, they want to improve their football to come out and, and have a go and, and yeah, just get involved back home because um, it is growing here, but it's obviously going to explode next year over there. So I'm, I'm trying my best to get some people to come back over and play, but, um, but yeah, there's definitely people over here that can, can have a run around back home too. And finally, Lauren, before we let you go, how did you find yourself personally, the coaching experience? Um, I'd been involved in coaching and obviously the head coach, Garth, is, did an amazing job all week and, and Ian Mitch as well. He, um, yeah, really, we worked really well together and like the team hadn't come together um, prior to the tournament, us three hadn't worked together either and um, I just think we, we were on similar pages throughout the week and um, me personally, I, yeah, I enjoyed that kind of I guess uh, leadership role which I'd not had I'd not taken part in before but um, yeah pre-game staff talking to all the girls post-match um, things lots of questions um, always great and open to come and speak to either of us and, and me in particular and then um, on game day I managed to 
to help out and, and uh, was runner on the day. So I ran out and a few messages, hence the voices still struggling to come back. But um, yeah, no, it was it was great and just to see something a different side of um, of football is probably something I I'd look to go towards in the future and can't wait for for all the girls to, and, and the boys, two boys, to come over next year to Melbourne and do it all again. And we thank Lauren very much for her time and congratulate the Great Britain Swans not only debuting in the AFL European Championships but taking out the women's division title and no doubt they've created a big four, Canada, USA, Ireland and Great Britain who are all going to collide at the International Cup 2017 in Melbourne in 12 months time in August. Put that one down in your diary. Now by request we have got the interview that we did with Moana Hope after she kicked her 100th goal for the VFL women's season for the St Kilda Sharks. It was a round 18 clash at RF Miles Reserve in Seaford. Um, this was originally aired on Facebook Live in our girlsplayfooty.com radio stream. But for those who haven't caught up with it, we first uh, asked Mo, uh, this was about 20 to 30 minutes after the final siren. She had a lot of media interviews. We asked her how it felt to kick 100 goals. Uh, I haven't actually, let it, it hasn't actually sunk in yet. I sort of just wanted to get, you know, get some, you know, as a team, get the goals on the board and, and finish off those structures really well. We've, we needed some, po- we, need, we need a lot of points today to make sure that, you know, if uh, Melbourne Uni did come away with the win against Darabin, you know, we had to make sure that we had the points. It's like get the double chance. Yes. <laughs> and you well and truly did that. Now, this is your inside 50 count here. You had 79 inside 50s for the game. Don't, and uh, for only... Sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only... It must be a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's not an apple. It's a mistake. <laughs> um, so incredible. Like, you just flooded it in there. And I thought you guys worked so well together. And what, what's it like down there with the, the first year that we, we gave our player of the match to? What's it like playing uh, with her? She's uh, got electric speed and... Uh, um, uh, sorry, we're talking about Emily uh, Gilda. Emily Gilda, sorry, and Jasmine Garner. You guys are so different, and uh, you kicked five goals today, but so did Emily Gilda, and it's yeah. just a, so many of you con- yeah. contributing so much. And that's the thing. That's you know, that's something I guess that that's something that's a strength of ours. You know, if defenders go to me, we've got you know six to eight other forwards that can slot the goal. So yeah. oh, happy days they all come to me because it frees up everyone else. And, and, and that's just one of our strengths, which is great. And we, and we haven't fully exposed that yet. So going to finals, that's exciting. Uh, a bunch of questions were asked uh, during the week on bigfooty.com on the Collingwood Forum and on our Facebook page as well, Moana. The first question coming from Dawson. Ask the question, what do you think will change for you, your life, in having the chance to be paid to play in this new league? I think, you know, as somebody that loves football more than life, uh, the money in itself, it's great and it's, you know, that's exciting. But I'm just, I'm just excited to play AFL football. I think it will help with things like, uh, when I go to Cairo and I, you know, if I go get a, a massage during the week, which I do weekly, those things are, you know, that money will help around that, that aspect. So it's, um, you know, it will help in that area, but at the same time, uh, you know, I love football, so I'm just excited to play. And just some congratulations from Zach Brown and T- Tracy Gleeson, who are listening in at the moment. Um, another question uh, Dawson asks is, what's it been like to join the Collingwood family? Oh, you know, the thing is, I've just been blown away. I've, I've kind of been gobsmacked by the support and, and how amazing they've been. Like, I had, there's actually been a few that were here today, just Collingwood supporters that messaged me on, on social media saying they want to come down and have a look. And they came down last week and, and they've been amazing. Like, I, you know, I went into Collingwood quite a few times and I just feel like, you know, one of the family, Part which is family. awesome. It's just, yep. you know, it's, I can't even put words, put the words together yet. So for me, I, I can't wait to hit the track. 
Uh, an interesting question from Colin Wood, but I'm assured that she's a female. She says, when, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a Collingwood runner since there was no female role models uh, actually playing the game. Uh, she asked, as a child, um, uh, she asked the question, um, as a child, uh, what did you dream of being when you grew up? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> You're a child, you want to be everything. I think, you know, I, I remember growing up and playing footy with all my brothers that you've probably got to see most of them today and just running around calling yourself an AFL footballer. That was exciting. I guess back in the day you didn't really see, you never really thought that that would actually happen. So <laughs> I, I just wanted to, you know, make sure I was, you know, successful with a job. But now I just want to play AFL football. So it's, it's sort of changed with this opportunity that's come, come around and that I'm, I'm so grateful for. Also, Colin would ask, uh, what are your footy goals in the inaugural season? Um, I, like at the moment, I'm waiting to get around, around Collingwood, around the girls once we, once we put the team together and, you know, really put some goals together as a team. And, and that's what I'll work towards. You know, personally, I just want to make sure my fitness is up and I'm always getting better and better. And that'll come with the training that um, Collingwood have planned for me. So that's, you know, goals for a team-wise. And personally, I won't want to set any into the teams about. And Alina Hope just goes, love your sis. So <laughs> she's uh, watching online as we speak. Um, uh, RobRoy22 asks, what words of advice can you offer aspiring girls 14 to 18 who are just starting out their AFL journeys after arriving from Afghanistan and Iraq? It's the curly uh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think at that age, you know, 14 to 18, as you're still young, I think it's really important that you have fun. Mm. You know, go find a team where, you, you know, you, can, you make some mates and play football and, and, and continue to develop and continue to get better, keep pushing yourself, but smile. You have to have fun. If you don't have fun, you know, it gets too much. So, you know, at that age, have fun. Always work on your, your skill work and that's all you can do. Well, the next question we've got from 1892, int- interesting username there. There's a couple of questions, but what what I would rather ask is, would you rather play for a Brownlow slash Coleman medal or play for an award named after a champion female player slash administrator? I'd rather just play for my team. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't play for any of that stuff. That's, if that stuff ever happens, it happens. But at the end of the day, I just play I play for my teammates, and that's all I play for. And 1892 asks, um, how much involvement have you had with Collingwood since the signing? Um, a bit, actually. It's been great. They've been, as I said, they've been amazing. I've been to a uh, function. I've actually got to go in this week and do some work with Wayno in the gym and on, on the court, which was, was you know, for me, I was just like a little kid in a candy shop because they had, like, this big screen and this moving target. So I didn't want it. They made me get off because it was we finished our time, but I would have stayed there a week. <laughs> uh, they also asked a question, which I guess from a team point of view, um, uh, is the gulf between the former Premier Division sides and former Division One sides as great as the results suggest? Um, as in, of course, like Seaford used to play in Division 1 along with like Cranbourne, Geelong, etc. Um, and of course, there's been some big, on the scorecard, it shows like 100 point yeah. wins, etc. Is, it, is I, it a lot tougher though, besides what the scoreboard says? I don't says? think the scoreboard says it because, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. I know, you know, the Sharks years ago were in a similar place. You just got to keep building. And these girls came up from a lower division. They've got great run, they've got great skill. The more they mould, the more they hit the track, the better they're going to get. So give them a couple of years. Isn't they're going to be, you know, top of the ladder as well. So it just takes time. It's, you know, you probably see it in the men's league as well. Yep. Uh, another question asked, they go, um, uh, when does training officially start with you? And have you already, you said with Wayne, already started spending time with the coaches? Yeah, I have already. I'm, I'm just super keen to get better and just keep <laughs> developing. So I saw, you know, I want to get in the gym whenever I can. Officially, I think pre-season starts uh, late November, but I'll 
definitely been a little bit earlier than that. Uh, Kappa asks, Moana, if you could make one change to improve female participation in footy, uh, what would it be? That's a hard question. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think if you look at the stats, and the stats speaks for itself, it keeps doubling uh, female Man. football. And and with all the pathways, and I, I actually went to a um, Glenora Cancel sitting a couple of weeks ago, and there was just so many people coming at me wanting to start women's women's teams and stuff. And that's just so exciting that people want it. And you know, I don't think I think all the work that the AFL is doing, the VFL and the bigger AFL, it's a credit to them because we're just going to continue to grow, and it's just going to give more pathways to the girls. Uh, another question asked by Trade Draft. Uh, um, did, did you know if any of the other clubs showed interest in you? Um, there was conversations had uh, with other clubs, but personally, like, uh, I know that once I went for a meeting, I went for an interview with Collingwood, and I got to, you know, meet the coaches and get a feel for what direction they wanted to go. That was home for me. I'm, I'm a very family-orientated uh, person, and, and the family feels, even with their supporters and that's why they got the biggest support sport base in the, in the country. So that's where I wanted to go from, from day to day. And just quietly with the Brodie connection, of course, <laughs> with Eddie Maguire. So He's I'll, been any, chowing on any, about any it. Any opportunity to talk up the Brodie connection, I always will. I, I loved meeting him. I thought he was just beautiful. One of the nicest men. Absolutely. Let, let's ask some Facebook questions. Uh, Elkie Brooks asked... Um, what do you think of the modified rules that are going to be trialled in the exhibition game? Of course, they're talking about stuff hmm. like um, smaller ball, etc. Uh, look, I, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of changing the game that we love the most at all. I'm not. Uh, but I know the AFL have, have plans and they want to do whatever they can to improve the game. Uh, it's a really hard one because I'm, I'm in the middle because yeah. I, I love the game. I grew up, yeah. I grew up you know, saying to myself, oh, you know, he comes out 50 metres out at the age of 10. But that's what you do. You know, you don't want the rules to change and, and, you know, girls have to say one thing, the boys have to say another. But if it's just to get the game rolling and, and get the league happening and getting it more exciting for the crowd, then, you know, we'll play that as long as, you know, at the end of the day it comes back to you know, traditional AFL football. And, of course, uh, Jared Potter jumped in there saying uh, planning, planning and training all year round with the National Women's League, the VFL women's competition, it's going to be a momental effort. Um, how do you think players will cope with all the additional workload and playing load? To be honest, I think they're just going to be excited. Like, I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> like, give me 100 days a week to train, I'll do it. Because it's AFL and you love it. And you, you get to train in the best facilities. You get to train with the best coaches and have the best programs. And if that's going to develop your game, who wouldn't be excited to do that? So I don't think the girls are going to look at it and say it's going to be too much. I think they're going to look at it and grasp it and run. And uh, just one last question. It was in from Tara Curtis. She asked... Uh, what do you focus on or practice to increase the distance of your kicks? I think everyone would like to know the answer to this question. <laughs> oh, I work a lot. Like, I, I don't just work on one thing. I sort of work, try and work on everything. I hit the gym a couple of times a week. I work on my acceleration. Anything that I can do to better my game, I do that. There's nothing I really do to make myself kick further. I think it's all about accuracy and probably didn't show that much today, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about, you know, it's all about, you know, just consistent ball drop and having that routine that you have. And just one last one for me, just before you go. Um, did you know it was going to happen? And what was your feelings when the haka happened out there on the ground? Well, I, I feel it's going to happen because my family's very traditional. It's it's um, <laughs> yeah. it's a beautiful thing. We do it. You do it. We do it any time we celebrate something, whether it be family, whether it be Christmas. You know, we we do it at cemetery with my dad. So um, I wasn't surprised that they did it. It, it gave me butterflies. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just a beautiful thing for my family. It really does top off 
um, for me topped off that day. And of course, we thank Mo for being very generous with her time after the match and St Kilda's win. See them finish second on the VFL women's table uh, this Sunday afternoon. They take on Darabin in the major semi-final, while in the minor semi-final, it's Melbourne Uni versus the Eastern Devils. Uh, those two semi-finals are being played at Box Hill City Oval, and they'll be live Sunday from 11.30am on girlsplayfooty.com radio. Please do join us then. And, of course, put this one down in your diary that Moana Hope and Susan Alberti will be featured on Australian Story on ABC TV this Monday, the 29th of August at 8pm. If you can't watch it live, it'll be online later in the week on ABC iView. I'm Peter Holden. It's been great having your company once again, and I look forward to catching you for our next edition, which will be our 50th overall of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Bye for now.